We're going at it at 110%. I just want five minutes of happiness, please. Just give me five minutes. And they did it! They did it! What the fuck? What the hell was that? Oh yeah! What the fuck are you talking about? Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to a brand new edition of the Hockey Happy Hour live here on A2DRadio.com. I am Matt Sassuti, along with the Darkwing, Brian Daly. What up? And the broken one himself, Mr. Rob Povia. Seeing Jeff Carter in a Penguins jersey drove me to drink. <laughs> and well, tonight, it was weird. Yeah, it was weird. It definitely was. Now Jeff Carter can join the illustrious list of players that have played on both sides of the Battle of Pennsylvania. And, ladies and gentlemen, tonight we are going to talk about the Flyers versus the Penguins, the old Battle of Pennsylvania, both sides meeting each other, one that is having a rather forgettable season, the other one who may very well be on their way to hopefully not, but maybe making a run in the playoffs. Most likely they'll make it, so hopefully they won't go on a run, but they're going to make it. Anyway, this is the Hockey Happy Hour. We are brought to you by Body Check Wellness, which is a company created by Mr. Riley Cote, who joins us once a month. And we have a special offer that you see down below from them that you get 20% off when you use the A2D promo code. However, though, when Cote is on with us, you get to get 40% off of a THC-free box. A box. $140 worth of savings off of that, so it is absolutely worth the uh, the time to look into it. And if you're, like I said, if you're not too comfortable with it, because Body Check Wellness does do the, the hemp products. They use topicals, gummies, ointments, and what have you. It promotes clarity. It promotes balance. It promotes recovery. It really is very useful products. Rob knows he's used them. And like we said before, though, if, if you're a little unsure of the hemp thing, don't panic. Because they have THC-free products, kind of ease yourself into it, and then make the jump to the hemp products and what have you, and it'll definitely promote a lot of positive things in your life. And we are also brought to you by Specialized Physical Therapy, Dr. Paul Vidal. You can make an appointment with him in Cherry Hill or Burlington, New Jersey, and they have a website at www.specializedphysicaltherapy.com, and they'll take care of any aches and pains that you have. Brian knows all about that. He had to get his uh, shoulder check in, uh, checked out, and they actually uh, did a very great job for him. They did. They did. My shoulder feels a lot better than it has in a very long time. Yep, and as well, ladies and gentlemen, we did have a sponsor that was affected by the fire down in Ocean City, uh, All Campus OC. Unfortunately, we didn't know the extent of the damage. Um, they have done a lot for us. We've seen uh, John chiming in here on the chat with the rest of the fam from time to time. He does that with all the shows and everything, what have you. They do have a GoFundMe that we have a link to right down there. Anything you can give will be greatly appreciated if you can't though thoughts and prayers are also greatly welcomed for them as they recover from the fire and also we all have uh, mental issues at times and we all have struggles with issues that unfortunately can lead to addictions and unfortunately sometimes that leads to some bad decisions in life however though you can avoid those things 
if you're willing to get the help that you need, whether it's you or it's someone that you love, someone that you know that you don't want to see going through those problems, we have the Counseling Center and Sunrise Detox. You can give them a call at 856-651-8117. Don't wait for those to spiral out of control because that can lead your life into a tailspin. So give them a call, 856-651-8117. Get the help you or one of your loved ones or friends need. And then finally, uh, EXP Realty. If you need a home, if you're planning on making that next big step into uh, in your life, basically, whether it's finding a new home, apartment, what have you, EXP Realty is the place to go, EXP Realty LLC. You can give them a call at 302-682-8820 or visit them at Alan Foy at exprealty.com, and he'll be able to take care of you right there. And all right, gentlemen, let's talk about it. So... The Flyers getting a huge, shocking shootout. Can't believe I'm saying that. A shootout victory against the Pittsburgh Penguins. It is our second shootout victory of the year. We rolled into that with a one and four, I believe, record into that shootout. So now we're two and four. So it actually almost matches our OT, which was five and two. But Nonetheless, though, the highlight, of course, is not just the fact that we won. Let's hear it for Carter Hart. Absolutely stole the show, making two excellent glove saves in that shootout, and pretty much had a great game. He had a wonderful start. Only one mistake. One mistake. Yes, it wound up in the back of his net, but you know what? Everyone makes mistakes. And if your team does come out on top on the other side, you can wash that mistake away, and it goes away. And that's exactly what happened. And he took matters into his own hands, literally. He gloved those two shots. That was it. He snared Crosby. He snared Latang. Two beautiful shootout goals, one from Coots, the other one from Giroux, making Jari look like an idiot. And uh, absolutely spectacular victory for the Flyers in the shootout. It was, a, it was a very tight game. Very well played game from both sides. These are the kind of games that make you, you know, it's it. and I, I'm going to say this now. As happy as I am to get this win, it was more for a pride thing. I still feel like we're not going to make it. <laughs> I know that that just kind of sucks to say, but you know what? I'm kind of, I'm kind of like at peace with that now. It's like, all right. Next so are, you, are you saying that the Flyers should tank the rest of the season? Then is that what you're saying in response to the poll? I want to get to the nit and gritty. <laughs> I'm not against it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not against it. Fuck it. We can always use another high-end prospect. Why not? <laughs> if you're not going to make it, you might as well. Uh, it's not really going to matter anymore, especially with the new draft lottery rule. But, I mean, I thought Carter Hart played out of his mind tonight. I was telling Rob while we were uh, waiting to go live here that, you know, he was just seemed to – his positioning was on point. He controlled most of the rebounds. A lot of the, a lot of the big saves he made. He wound up pushing pucks into the corners away from danger. So this is the Carter Hart that we're used to seeing. And this is the Carter Hart that we were hoping to be hoping to see all season long. But you know, shit happens. Players have rocky starts, rocky middles. Sometimes we'll have rocky seasons, but it doesn't matter. I mean, as long as he can rebound, he's 22 years old. You know, he's still got a lot of time. He hasn't even hit his prime yet, yeah. but he looked good tonight. He looked like he was starting to get back on track. And 
you know, he was very calm, centered, and doing his thing. So I'm happy he got the W. He looked good. That's all that matters. Yeah. Well, yeah, the, the glove hand was sharp. That was was good to see tonight. We saw that especially in the shootout, but even in the second and late in the third period there as they were coming. You know, he's still got to work on that rebound control. You know, we saw that in that first goal from Crosby. But, you know, to Maddie's point, you know, you know, you're going to flub a puck a little bit here, a little bit there, but he really shut it down, made some big saves to keep the Flyers in the game until Voracek tied it up. But I'll throw it to, to you, Brian. Should the Flyers be tanking at this point or with those new lottery rules, it really isn't an issue. With the new lot lottery rules now, I don't think it's much of an issue. I, I don't think it's even worth tanking. It's really going to be um, percentages for the top two teams to get the picks for the lottery. And then after that, I think it's just where you finish. So it's essentially going to be the bottom two teams that have the best chances at the uh, – Top two picks, and then you're gonna have Seattle probably picking third, from what I understand. Right. Not worth thinking. Not worth it. I mean, you can still you're still gonna get a good prospect in the first round, but I mean, it's gonna be Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa, and Anaheim in, in the in for the uh, number one pick. So I mean, you can even throw LA and San Jose into that mix as well. Flyers are a little too far out of that. Right. Right. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's always good to go out on a, on a high note, you know, momentum that you can take into the next season, even if it's lost. But, you know, on the one hand, I can see if you want to get some opportunities for, for some uh, young guys, as we saw with Wade Allison tonight, you know what I mean? And if you call that tanking, okay, that's fine. But otherwise, not, nah, man. I'm rooting for the Flyers to win every time I'm watching them. You know, certainly got interesting there in the third period into overtime. Uh, you know, so I, I, I disagree with the poll. Uh, I, 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 a Flyers win is always a, is a good time, and especially when it's over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Am I correct, boys? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, yeah, Rob, I, I completely agree to piggyback off what you said about bringing up the young guys now. Like, yeah. Even if you don't feel like you're going to make the playoffs, give your young guys a shot. Wade Allison right. looked good tonight. Right. He did. He looked really good. He put himself in good position. He looks like he's going to be a scorer. Uh, what, did, uh, what did Jim Jackson say? He, he dog fights for the puck. Yeah, he, he called him a junkyard dog. That's what junkyard he called dog. him. Junkyard dog. That's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully that'll be his nickname because hopefully he'll be, you know, just hounding his way around that puck and getting those goals. And if that's the case, awesome. Let's see what we got here on the fam. Prism, what's up, man? He's saying let's go. He's already fired up and everything. It's good, Pris. And that one Eagles fan, 1986, what's going on? Hey, what's going on, brother? What's up, brother? What's up, that Eagles fan? And uh, Moira chiming in. Let's fucking go, boys. Solid W. Still done with this team, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was points where, I won't lie, it was one of the more uninterested uh, you know, games that I've watched since about 2006. That's real talk right there. I took a nap through the second period. Yeah, the, the second period. Yeah. <laughs> and we got, let's see here, Emilio saying nothing like a mediocre team not making the playoffs and not bad enough to draft the top 10, a complete failure on both ends. Eh. Yeah. Oh, That's well. such a Philly thing, though. It's such a Philly thing. It is a Philly. It's absolutely a Philly thing. And you know what? I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing because they are mediocre, right. which means they're not bad. Yeah. But they're not good either. But they're taking steps in the right direction, I think. And I think over the next couple of weeks, we're going to see what AV said come true and see 
the intestinal fortitude of this team and see what happens. I mean, they're not mathematically out. If they can go on a run, they can find their way to a playoff spot. Will they? Don't know. But if they can build off of this game, this W, I think they could. They're not out of it yet. It depends on what the Rangers in Boston do. But, you know, like you said, Bri, not mathematically out. So the possibility is there. I mean, there's, there's what, 12 games left? 11 games left, something along those lines. There's there's still time. They're not out Jake, yet. Jake chiming in. What's up, Jake? Uh, what's up, what's boys? Up, Good win for the Flyers, but a big win for Carter R. He looked great tonight. Absolutely, yeah. and that's definitely awesome. the reason why we got to highlight Carter tonight because for everyone out there who was talking about trading hard and all that shit, let this be an example of you just eating a bag of fucking dicks and shut the fuck up because you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. <laughs> Because that is an example of the Carter Hart that we saw last year, and that's an example of the Carter Hart we're going to see moving forward. What happened was was we had a very bad playing team, and Carter was doing the best he could. Unfortunately, he got absolutely shell-shocked, and that hurt him at the end of the day. That's what happened this year. Well, All you want to see is you want to see that compete level. You know, you want to mm-hmm. see that building momentum for, you know, especially guys that you know, are going to try to make this team for next year and certainly guys that want to stay in the orange and blue. I mean, I want to put orange and black. Um, <laughs> I want to highlight uh, a Facebook post from Chris Terrian because it really just embodies how I felt watching this team since pretty much the beginning of March. And he goes, I've covered some rough flyer seasons and even been a player involved in a couple of horrible playoff losses. Yeah, that's for sure. I'd say it mildly. Uh, he goes, Buffalo 8-0 <laughs> comes to mind. But what I'm seeing this year now as a fan and not a player and not a broadcaster has made him sick on most nights. The lack of competitiveness by this group on a nightly basis has been breathtaking. Losing is one thing, but not competing and giving that 110% effort, which I love them using the 110%. Uh, and he goes, like, not giving 110% effort, it's unsec- unacceptable. And the numbers that surround this team suggest this, just that. I mean, perfectly said that. We're talking about real talk. There it is right there from Bundy, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and at least tonight we saw a little bit of that fight. And, you know, you're always going to see that, like, in the riot, you know Pittsburgh rivalry, no matter where the teams are in the standing. But if you could end the season like that, it just leaves a good taste in the mouth for next year, something that you can build upon as you restructure this team through the offseason and the expansion draft. No, absolutely. And you know what? Me and John Consiglione, one of our YouTube guys, has been sending it the last couple weeks. His team's been playing with no heart. Tonight mm-hmm. you saw that. Tonight you saw some heart. You saw some pride. You saw a team not willing to give up, especially in that second period. I saw some of the highlights. The Flyers could have easily won this game 5-1 just in that second period alone. Um, so, I mean, there were three instances where, where Tristan Jari lost the puck. The boys crashed the net. Right and dig, 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 dig. Fortunately, the puck always found its way back towards uh, the blue line. But right, that's that's the shit that they need to keep doing. That that yeah. you know they they don't do enough of that. I mean, they're still a little pass happy. I saw a couple instances where they should mm-hmm. shot the puck instead of passed it, but especially an OT on that power play. Oh, we, oh, for oh, sure. Are you kidding for me? Sure. Ghost, ghost that... had an open shot, and he instead he did a slap pass. 
that even leading into over, yeah, absolutely, and even leading into overtime too with connecting. You looking for pass, and then you see Gensel come down, shoot first mentality, and it's like you there's there was no better mirror to show where both teams are at the current moment, and yep. that's that's going to happen with con, you know when you're confident, you want to shoot the puck, you want it on the blade of your stick, and you're going to put it behind the goaltender. It's not a confident team right now, and I think a big thing is going to be shedding pieces of guys that aren't mentally tough on this team. That if they, you know, that's mission number one this off season. No, absolutely. You you need to get rid of those guys because yeah. I think that's been their biggest issue is, is mental toughness, and yeah. they're going through. And Rob, you've said this multiple times. You know, they they go down one nothing, two nothing, and this team just hangs their head and puts their tail between their legs and just. Uh-huh goes through the motions they don't they don't even try to fight back but you yeah. saw that tonight they went down one nothing you saw it and they didn't give up i mean they didn't play the full 60 but they gave you about 45 minutes of really good solid hockey and it turned out it resulted in a win and it resulted in a great performance from carter hart yes <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah. I, and and this is <laughs> and this you know it's a perfect example of you know if, if the flyers show that they show teeth in this game. Um, but what I like to see too was I love what I saw from a player like Wade Allison, who had nothing to lose, everything to gain. He went out there, he went hell bent for leather, he was trying to score, he was just all over the puck. It was very hard to keep it away from him. And he was just putting pucks right in on Jari, very close. And there were a couple of times that Jari barely made the save. And mm. it's just one of those things of that's what I want to see from this team. That's desperation. That's a kid who's got something to prove. He wants to be on this team permanently, and you can tell it because he's trying so damn hard to score that first goal of his career. That's what I want to see from you guys. If we get that from the rest of the guys, this team can be unstoppable. We saw it last year. When this team's desperate or this team's fired and this team's hungry, it's a very, very hard team to go up against because their offense can be very, very scary. It's just a shame that, you know, we've had all these issues and it primarily started with the defense and worked its way down. But, you know, again, if we can make those adjustments in the offseason, we should be able to rebound having a really rough year this year and just put this one behind us, have the have, have this one go into the amnesia column, and hopefully it'll go away. But but, it, just, it just sucks that it has to get to this point for this team to show their intestinal fortitude and have yeah, to battle back from a hole that they've dug themselves into. They shouldn't have to do that. You no. know, we said earlier this year, we said in the preseason that this team is could easily be an Eastern Conference Finals type of team. It's based off of what we saw last year. Well, something happened. Don't know what it is, whether they just hit a switch or whatever. They weren't good, period. From defense, goaltending, offense. You, you had, the, had a good penalty kill tonight after looking putrid against Washington. But, I mean, even special teams hasn't been good. Like, this team has just been all around bad. Mm-hmm. Or, as Emilio said, and I think it's a better word, mediocre. This team's like Austin Powers, man. Somebody stole their mojo. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> no, exactly absolutely. what it is. And, and and they've never gotten it back. They haven't had a breath in this condensed season to get it back. So maybe that breadth of the off season can help. It's going to be a great situation. Normally you're always tight about expansion drafts and who to protect and who not. Now the answers are clear cut for you. You know, mm. you know, protect your youth, 
clear the way for veterans to leave, to clear room for more youth, for guys like Wade Allison, to your point, Maddie, that are going to come and fucking battle every day instead of, you know, coasting and taking it easy, as you're clearly saying. Yeah, and that's yeah. why I like the two deals that the Flyers made was uh, clearly to, to bring some space to not only just the cat, but bring up some of the young guys to see what you got. I mean, at this point, if the Flyers feel like they're not going to make the playoffs, might as well. You might as yeah, well. Yeah, you might as well see what see what you got in Tyson Forcer. See what you got yeah. in, in wisdom. Obviously, you brought up uh, Wade Allison, who I'm particularly high on. I think he's to JJ's analogy. He's a junkyard dog, and yeah. the dude knows how to score. He knows how to put himself in good position. You saw that tonight. He nearly scored on Tristan Jari in the third period. It's a shame he didn't get the puck cleanly. Otherwise, he would have had that goal. And it's just great. Yeah. He's just, it, he, he looked really, really good. Yeah, it, it, it definitely. And uh, hopefully we'll see more of that moving forward. And Prism, to tie into what we were talking about there, saying, are you all going to try do trade deadline winners and losers? Yeah, we'll go over some of the stuff that's been going on in the trade deadline, see who's won and lost. And Don Don, sub Don Don, Already Red Wings, three wins straight. Nice boy. That's what I'm talking about. Getting a couple of big, getting a few big wins there for the Red Wings. Well, they made a huge trade too. They did. I think they, they I think I know they're not they got no shot at uh at a at a playoff appearance. Sorry. Sorry there, Don Don, but to me, <laughs> they won that trade deadline. They they were kind of dumb at first to kind of take some of the money from uh Davis Savard to be a part of that trade, which you're gonna see quite a bit of um but to get jacob verona to get richard panic to get a first round pick this year and a second round next year for anthony mantha holy shit they got a good young stud player in verona they got a solid bottom six player in panic who let's be real he's nobody special but he's gonna be good on the penalty kill and he's gonna be a good third or fourth line center and then you get two two good picks. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a really good haul. I mean, even Prism said it to Don Don that that trade was a real good haul, and it is. You know, I didn't, it was a great haul for Mantha. He wasn't worth yeah. that much, but Yeisman worked some magic, and they built, was able to get get a lot for uh, – I mean, he's, he's not great, but a, a very above-average player in Mantha. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, that's the thing, though, about Tampa. And, and it's it's kind of a beautiful thing if you're a Tampa fan. They have so much talent that trading off a few things here and there – or I'm sorry, uh, Washington, my bad. Uh, <laughs> forgot what team they were on for a second. But uh, Washington being the team that they are, you know, they're talented enough to where you could sacrifice a couple of things here and there and it doesn't kill you in the long run. You know what I mean? And also, they're trying to make a run. They're trying to get more depth. And I think Mantha being a depth player is not a bad choice. You could do a lot worse. Um, and I think that it'll definitely benefit Washington moving forward on that. You know, I mean, really, quite frankly, anything could benefit yeah, Washington. Nothing could really hurt them, you know. What's they're up? in win-now mode. So, you know, they're yeah. going to put together. Like, they didn't do much, but they made two very effective trades. You got Anthony yeah. Mantha. And then you go out and you get a blue-collar player like Michael Roffel. Michael Roffel is going to help that bottom six big time. You know, know the kind of player that he is, and he's going to help. 
Absolutely. And by the way, we will give a salute to Michael Roffel. Thank you for giving us all the years that you gave the Philadelphia Flyers. We appreciate you. And uh, best of luck to you in Washington. We probably won't see you come playoff time. So uh, hopefully you have a good run there for as long you'll be there. You might not be there for very long, but still, hopefully he has a pretty decent run with them. I and then I, 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 I'm kind of hoping the Capitals win the Cup this year just because I want to see Michael Roffel win one. And that like that's the type of player that you know, like you guys know just as well as I do the type of player is oh, yeah. gives you 110 percent every shift gets in the corners does the dirty stuff has a great power move what's up Jesse um yeah. he doesn't always get rewarded on the score sheet but first one against Pittsburgh too Jesse first time against yep. the uh, Penguins yeah history yeah. <laughs> so I mean. I would love to see Ralph get one just because of the type of player that he is. Yeah. Yeah. So bring a, you know, a strong power for, I mean, he, he makes strong moves towards the net. You know what I mean? And that'll certainly help on their energy line, you know, their, their bottom six, you know, something they were missing. Mantha is a good, you know, another good, you know, well, I mean, he was underachieving. Let's just be honest in Detroit. So, you know, a new place and fresh start for him can be just what the doctor ordered. He looked pretty good against the Flyers the other day. Uh, with a goal and assist. So um, he brings that element, you know, just so it doesn't always all fall on Ovechkin's shoulders. No, for sure. For sure. And, you know, we, we know that again, from seeing them a lot and, and seeing them on what's, what was it? Uh, Sunday afternoon when they played Washington or was that Saturday? It was Saturday. Yeah. Buffalo was Sunday. I got a story about the Buffalo game. It, when you guys have a minute for me to ramble on, but I don't want you to you know lose your points right now. No worries, no um, worries. No um, but I mean, you saw you just saw how how nasty that that team is, and we know we know how good they are. There's a reason. There's a reason they're as good as they are. You go in and you acquire an Anthony Mantha and a Michael Raffle to help solidify your roster. That makes them the favorite for me to to win this division, as good as Pittsburgh has been since Ron Hexall took over. Yeah, absolutely. And then we have uh, Prism chiming in, wanted to see Gaudette as a flyer. Feel like mm. was a buy low, high reward situation. It definitely would have been an option, but I think like we were to, like Bry said, um, you know, moving some players around, getting some of the youth up. That was pretty much I think what the goal was, since Fletcher wasn't going to be able to pull off a blockbuster deal from what he had said previous weeks leading up to the deadline. So since we couldn't get the blockbuster deal for either Lawton or for Patrick, uh, at that point they were just kind of going, all right, fuck it, some depth moves, get rid of Eric Gustafson. By the way, Gustafson, thank you for half a season of whatever the fuck it was that you contributed to this team. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, have fun in Montreal. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> anyway. Where he'll probably have a dynamite playoffs, by the way, just saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I could see it happening. He'll be uh, he'll score like a hat trick on his first fucking game too, or some shit like that. Anyway, silly thing. Hey, what's up, Kev? And he's saying I agree to the poll question. What's going on, Kev? We got Prism saying I feel like Detroit won the trade deadline as well. Yeah, I think Detroit definitely did in their rebuild. 
Absolutely. Getting the picks that they got, getting two very strong players as well, and experienced players for a young team that's still trying to figure out where they're going to go, you know, with some veteran players, but they're on the tail end of their career. So, you know, you're going to get what you're going to get with that. I think that that's definitely a good spot for them to, to get that trade off. Oh, Jason Fagan brought up a great point. He what thinks the Islanders pulled, pulled a huge load getting Palmieri's Ajax. You know what? He's uh, he's changed my mind because I, I liked Washington, and I like I was just saying how much I like it, but I didn't even think about that. Palmieri's going to help the power play. Zajac is going to help the penalty kill. They're both going to be great additions to the Islanders, an already strong Islanders team. Right. Yeah, two nice pieces. They're used to living in the area, so they're not really uprooting themselves, which is big when you're talking Mm -hmm. about trade. That could sort of affect the uh, the play on ice there. So, yeah, yeah. the Islanders continue to do great work during the trade deadline the past two seasons, you know, getting J.G. Paggio last year. You know, it was certainly what the doctor ordered, what they needed, and he's performed well for them. Absolutely. And, you know, you're looking at an Islanders team that, quite frankly, they kind of, you know, after Tavares left, you know, you wondered what was going to happen with them. And then they stumble into Matthew Barzell, whom they drafted. And it turns out, oh, shit, Barzell's actually, maybe he's better than Tavares. Who knows? But he sure as hell plays like he is better than Tavares. Just saying that. But... With that, though, you have that guy to build around, and you start getting pieces. You get Pajot. Now you've got Zajac and Paul Mary. Sure, they're going a little bit closer towards that. You know, They're not in the twilight, but they're they're getting a little bit towards it. But they're still in that Zajac area. Is. What's, Zajac, oh, yeah, all Zajac right, I'll give you that. Zajac definitely is. But they can still contribute, and they can still absolutely be strong depth for this team, especially in a playoff run. When they got those two pieces, I was like, oh, shit, the Islanders just really loaded up on an arms race here because they 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 have something that they want to prove this year, and that is last year wasn't a fluke in the playoffs, getting to the Eastern Conference Finals. Now we're going to try and win the Eastern Conference Finals, and these are two of the players that we're getting to make sure that that can happen. And they're not bad choices because Zajac was a big part of the Devils when they went on that run in 2012. He was a huge contributor to that team. Kyle Palmieri has been a great contributor to the Devils. It's just that he's he hasn't been on the team when they've been in the playoffs except for that one year when they made it and they got stomped in the first round. So, But now he has a chance to be an even bigger contribution. Oh, wait a minute, though. Did he have any experience with the Ducks? Uh, probably. Okay. But, yeah, so it's there. It's definitely there for Palmieri. You, you, know, bring, in, so. you bring in more experience. There's nothing wrong with that. And you add another leader like Zajac. The guy who's yeah. been around. Granted, it's been for a uh, for the most part a bad Devils team over the last few years. True, but it's it's leadership, it's experience. He's been there. Um, he's he's done a lot in this league in his I think 14, 15 years of being in the league. It's a huge addition, both guys, and I'm I'm like ninety percent sure that Paul Murray was a part of the Ducks when they were going through that that run from 2012 to 2013. 14, 15 yeah. before they traded him for – I don't even remember who they traded him for. <laughs> I don't even think he's a part of the team anymore, whoever whoever it was. Maybe it was a sack of pucks, but a no, nice I'm sack. I'm going to look that up. <laughs> uh, a sack anyway. of pucks. 
All that, right. would, that would be a total Bob Murray move, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you this much. He did lose about seven to ten pounds and about two years of age getting traded to the Islanders by shaving that beard. I'll tell you yeah, that much. Yeah. True. You know what the funny Looks like a is? new man. Yeah. And the funny part is, I think uh, I was listening to the Islanders feed before the Islanders went and uh, had their game with the Flyers. And funny enough, uh, one of the guys said that his wife had said that she doesn't recognize him without his beard. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had a he had a great beard. Sure, but yeah, Lou Amarillo teams just like New York Yankees, no facial hair, no facial mm. hair. Which well, I, I just I'll, I'll ne- I'll never understand that. But what whatever okay. happens, I like I. But what about those big bushy eyebrows that he has? <laughs> You didn't have to. You didn't have to trim those though. They were kind. Of, they like caterpillars. Tweet of the year was this one. Uh, yeah, I think it was this one Islanders fan who tweeted out. At least Lou let him keep the eyebrows. Fabulous <laughs> tweet. Fabulous <laughs> tweet. That's exactly what I'm referring to too. Oh my yeah. god, that's great. So, oh. was traded to the Devils from Anaheim in 2016 for a second round pick, which was the number one was the number 41 overall. And a 2015 draft pick. Wait, how does that make sense? Mm-hmm. I'll tell oh, you this much, oh. Priz, real quick, as you're giving off your, your winners sure. uh, for the draft, Priz. I mean, I know we'll get to that later, but I like teams that have a target and acquire the target. And for me, I think Boston it gets my vote for winning this draft by getting the Taylor Hall. I mean, you know, you could say what you want about Taylor, but – He's the type of guy that comes in that system, you know, watch him score some goals for their playoff run now. But at the very least, you got what you, you know what I mean? You had a target and you got him. So, you know, just to answer your question from earlier. He got one. He got one tonight. He's got his first as a Bruin. It also helps when you're playing with an organization that has good players. Uh, Let's see here. Real quick. It was 2015 when they traded him. That's why it makes more sense to me now. Right. Uh, second round pick in the 2015 draft, number 41 overall. I don't remember who that turned out to be. And then a third round pick in 2016. So that was a Palmieri deal, sending him to the Devils. Okay. Was that Rich- Richie or was it, or was that too high for him? Nick Richie? Yeah. I think Nick Richie wound up being a number one overall. You know what? Now you're going to make me look this up too. All right. <laughs> it it might have been Richie. It's a, it's a, it, it fits the timeline, right? It absolutely fits the timeline. I'm just guessing. I'm just uh, pissing in the wind, as they say. So while Inspector Daly investigates that, we'll go to Prism's comment here. Then Columbus getting a lot of picks. I feel like Toronto was third place as far as my winners. Toronto, though, I think they got a good gritty player and a good leader player, and they kind of need that because after having a couple of – actually more than a couple, like a few very underwhelming performances in the playoffs – you need someone to just whip that fucking locker room's ass and just say, "Yo, come on, guys! Like, why right. the fuck are we? Why the fuck are we losing a game fucking five and we don't have a single goal? How the fuck does that happen? Especially when Tavares missed that wide open net. Holy shit! If I had been a fan of Toronto, I would have wanted to throw Toronto off. Of, I would have wanted to throw Tavares off whatever highest bridge Toronto had after that one. But you yeah. know. Again, with all that being said, though, it's a good move for them. I think it'll be good for their playoff run to get a leader like him in the locker room to kind of get that fire going underneath of them because I feel like 
It's been very underwhelming for Toronto. You know, they've had some good moments, but then they just don't have that finish. They needed so they need someone to get them past that finish so they can get out of the first round for once. So the number 41 overall was traded two more times. So it went from the Devils to Anaheim, Anaheim to Florida, and from Florida to the Rangers, where the Rangers made a pick for Ryan Group, who was a left oh. winger. Well, we have never seen Group in a Rangers jersey, so I'm guessing he did not pan out. <laughs> There's a lot of good names here in the second round of 2015 draft. Christian Fisher, Sebastian hmm. Ajo from the Carolina Hurricanes, not the other one from the New York Islanders. Hmm. Um, Brandon Carlo, Mackenzie Blackwood was the second round pick, 42. Could have had Mackenzie Blackwood. <laughs> uh, Daniel Sprung, Brandon Gooley, Rasmus Anderson of Calgary. A lot of good guys in this draft. It's, I think this was the, uh, I believe this was the Connor McDavid draft. Mm -hmm. Ah, okay. Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, Nick Merkley went 30th overall to Arizona from Chicago. Anthony Bavillier was a part of that draft. TK, uh, Ilya Samsonov. Samsonov, okay. Uh, da, 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 da. Matthew Barzel was a part of this. Uh, Jake DeBrusque. Really? Matthew Barzel went 16th overall? I remember <laughs> watching this draft now. Mika Rantanen, Zach Warinsky, Ivan Provorov, Pavel Zaka. Noah Hannafin, Mitch Marner went fourth. Connor McDavid, Jack Eichel, Dylan Strom were your top three. That isn't a bad draft class when you look back at that. That's no, not a bad draft not. class at all. So let's oh, see no, here. I just didn't realize how many how young some of these guys actually are. Kimo Meyer drafted from San Jose. Yeah, he's that yeah, he's still pretty young. He's had an okay year. It's just San Jose is just San Jose, San Jose right now. <laughs> let's just leave it at that. They put themselves in this spot. No one to blame but themselves. Uh, let's see. Antimeo saying, I think we all agree this season blue and changes are needed. The only good thing to come from this debacle would be if Fletcher does what he should have done, and that is get rid of the older core, specifically Jake, and let a lot of these young kids play now to see what you truly have. Wait played a really good first game. Hope he stays. I absolutely agree. I hope that Wade stays. And you know what? Honestly, if Jake does wind up, if you can manage to pull that off, which would be tough to do because Jake has a really rough contract, that's the only issue is, is is offloading Jake and offloading anybody like that is that they have they have some meaty contracts. That's the problem. And quick, message, quick message to the Seattle Kraken. If you take Jake Voracek, I will pack his bags and pay for him to move out to Seattle for you. <laughs> I don't even care he tied the game tonight. Fuck <laughs> <Yeah. I> mean, <laughs> his production doesn't match how much he's getting paid, and I think that's going to be a huge reason why he doesn't get moved. Um, and he doesn't have much longer left on this contract. I believe he's got like two years left on this contract. So fingers crossed that either one, Seattle takes him, or two, his attitude changes because I think he's probably one of the biggest issues right now with his team, especially I mean, in the locker room. From just from what I'm hearing, 
Unless I've missed something in terms of the media has been blatantly on his ass, but I've I haven't read much negative press. I mean, maybe a little bit here, a little bit there, but I always thought it was called for, right? For him to have such an attitude with the press, like, oh, whatever, I I answer this question, you're just gonna write whatever you want, right? Get the fuck out of here. I got no time for you. I got um, I don't I'm, want you on my hockey team. Bye-bye. When you're sitting there and you're the entire press conference, you're sitting there like this. Like you don't want to be there, right? Right, dude. I'll make I'll take one hundred seventy five thousand dollars a year to do what you do, right? Suck it up, right? Yeah, you don't I like know. The press, who cares? Nobody likes the media, especially around here. I'm sure. I'm sure most players don't like the media. They just have to deal with it, you know. But you know, it's clearly a part of your job to do post game interviews. I'm pretty sure it's in your contract. So at least make the best of it. Yeah, Bill I Pronger, know. Pronger, Chris Pronger wasn't fan a fan of the media but what did he do he made the best of it he cracked jokes mm-hmm. he made it intimate he made it personal and he just he did the best of it he hated the media still does well but the, here's the other thing too pronger wasn't the type of guy who was taking an attitude problem and taking it into the locker room if anything pronger was the kind of guy who was trying to lead a team you know then there's a difference yeah, between true. the two you know whereas i think Vorchek. I don't know if he's necessarily trying to be a leader. I just think he's trying to be a prima donna. You know, that's oh, the he's, difference. No, he's already that. He's already that. Ever since he got that big contract. Yeah, it's so that's perfectly fine. If if Jake winds up going in this offseason, if Fletcher manages to get a deal where that either sends him to Seattle or he winds up, you know, getting traded to another team because they would want some depth for a playoff run. I have really no issue with that because you know what? Even if we don't get too too much back for him, I'm not going to complain because honestly, it's like whatever. Like I'll take it. He's off the books, and now we can focus on trying to see what we can do and what we can work with because that's pretty much what I'm looking at for getting his contract off the books, getting some more yeah. salary cap, getting some more wiggle room. And Greg chiming in, fellas, what's good, boys? What's up, Greg? What's up, Greg? And he trade him for a bag of pucks. <laughs> What well, a nice bag of eventually traded Paul Marriott for. <laughs> Greg, Greg is saying, I hashtag agree to the poll. Love a good old dumpster fire and tank. TTT. And Prism saying, my three losers, Buffalo, Nashville, stayed put and didn't add anyone that can really push them. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see what happens with Nashville when they, when the playoff rolls around. Nashville's not – they're not trying to win right now. But I was very surprised to see them stay still. But again, this this flat cap isn't helping. You're seeing teams like like I said, the Detroit being involved in the Davis Savard deal, mm-hmm. so they could take some of his contract. And then there was another another deal that involved San Jose taking money um, off of somebody else's contract for a trade as a part of a third team deal. But teams are getting recompensated for it with draft picks. But this is what we're going to be seeing for a little while is is this type of uh, trade, especially involving a player with a little bit of higher uh, a higher uh, cap hit. Yeah, we're going to see that for the next two seasons because that's what this flat cap was set for. Uh, and then Prism saying Dallas didn't sell or buy. A little surprising considering that Dallas is kind of – they petered out, and you know it's just not been—it's not been a pleasant ride for Dallas fans here after having that great run to the final, and 
Now all of a sudden your team had a bit of a pause, then start out like gangbusters. They were just murdering teams and just seems like they top heavy. They they blew their load very early, to say the least. And now they're uh, now they're kind of facing those consequences. And James got three years left, so that's gonna be really tough to move in an eight point two five cap hit. Yeah, that's that's a that's a meaty contract. That's gonna be hard to get someone to take a bite Seattle on. Seattle might. Like I said, Seattle's gotta figure out ways to and it's gonna depend on on who all these teams are protecting. They're gonna have mm. to find a way to fill the salary cap. So you might get lucky and have Seattle take Jake. Maybe it depends. We didn't put a no movement clause in his contract, right? Because I he know has a no movement. He does not have a no movement clause. That's right. Yeah, because we put it in Jeru's, and yeah, that's right. Okay, that Drew, makes sense. Drew and Hayes are the only two flyers that have a full no movement clause. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. So Greg was saying, get rock bottom, so we know how bad it can be, so we can jump up from there. <laughs> I think no. we've hit. I think we've Never hit rock bottom already. <laughs> I think they've already hit rock bottom anyway, so I don't really see – they can only really go up from here. I think rock bottom had to have been that Madison Square Garden game when we just got absolutely just pummeled by the New York Rangers. That, uh, you, uh, that, you mean when they scored a touchdown and kicked the extra point in the second period? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That that was the rock bottom <laughs> moment right there. And then Chris saying, what's up, boys? What's up, Chris? What's up, Chris? And then Prism saying, "What you drinking tonight? What you drinking tonight? That's what I want to hear from you people. What are you drinking tonight? Yeah, let us know in the comments what you're all drinking tonight. I got I got blue raspberry bio steel. Nice. Yeah. So Prism was saying, still like what you all did. So he was fine with what the Flyers did. Jason Fagan saying that with the Islanders, which we did get to. And let's see, what, what's your guys take on the Scotty Lawton extension?" I love I don't, it. I'm glad it is. I don't mind it. it. Yeah, I don't mind it. I mean, here's the thing, though. You know, if we couldn't get a trade for him, which, honestly, I understand why the Flyers had him on the trade blocks. I, I think some people were probably not thrilled because of the fact that Lawton was on there because Lawton seemed to be one of those players that was being good this year. Uh, but my opinion, I get it. You know, you want to try and sell high on players, and Lawton's the kind of player you could do it to. You know what I mean? Not to say that Lawton, I'd hate to say goodbye to him, you know, because I love Lawton. It's just kind of players like, all right, sell high on him now and get something back for him. And since they didn't get that deal, though, they figured, okay, then let's extend him. You know, and clearly if that was the case, there was no hard feelings because Lawton was very happy to sign back and wanted to stay in Philadelphia because he loves it here. So. And he signed a five-year, fifteen million dollar contract. So you're he's got a three million dollar cap it, and you're getting not only a little bit of a feist, feisty player, he's got scoring upside. We've seen it. He gets in a dirty. He's a he's. I love the fact that he is a a blue collar player. Those types of players get a ton of love in this area. Now I have my own little gripe with him, and it's not even a huge gripe. It's just shoot the puck more. That's all. <laughs> That's all I want Scotty to do is shoot the puck more because when he, he's got a nice shot, he's got a quick release off his wrist shot. So I think he could score more goals if he stopped passing the puck so much. And I think he yeah. could be a 15 to 20 goal scorer in this in this league. Absolutely. That's I mean, why I'm hard on him because I, I could, think he can be. You can see that. You can say that to a lot of players on this team. So I have a follow-up question for you boys, right? What do you think this means for Scotty in terms of the expansion draft? And B – what type of message does it tell the team 
when the team's underachieving and you give an extension? Because that's been the only negative that I would keep on reading about. You know, I mean, honestly, again, I think it's just because of the the situation. You know, like I mean, I, I you know. I get why some people would worry about the message that it sends, you know, because it's like, well, yeah, but you know, you guys aren't doing well. So why wouldn't you, but it's like, yeah, but we couldn't get the deal for, we couldn't trade them off. So it's like, well, well, what are we supposed to do then? Let his contract ride out and then let him walk away in the free agency. And there's a good player that we couldn't trade and get anything back for. To me, it just made logical sense. At least in my opinion, it made GM sense in my opinion, but I, I don't think some people are looking at it. They're looking at it as a, oh, so you're allowing these guys to get a free ride or what have you for doing a shit job. I'm like, I don't see it that way because I guarantee you if it had been somebody else who's underperforming this year, I bet you they wouldn't really be offering him shit right now. You know, like if it was, say, say Konechny was a little older and his contract was coming up right now, I guarantee you the Flyers would not be interested in signing his ass back. Absolutely not. But the way that he's been performing this year – Fuck no. They would be like, why the fuck should we even bother negotiating with you if you're going to put on a performance like that? You know, and you've been here long enough that you should be past that, oh, I'm a rookie, I still need to learn. No, 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 no. Nolan Patrick's still a rookie because it's only his second year. Oscar Lindblom, it's only his second year. And on top of that as well, there's a few other players that it's only their first or second year. You're at your fourth year. There's no excuse at this point. So it's just that would be how I looked at it. Like if it had been one of those cases, I could totally see the Flyers just like, you think we're going to offer you anything? We're going to offer you a bottom of the barrel deal at best to get your shit together. You know, I don't think they wanted to trade Scotty to begin with. I think he's happy that they that none of the deals came through because he's been one of the more consistent players on the Flyers this year as far as just going out there and doing all the little things right. So yeah. I think he would have rather have kept Scotty, which he did, and he wanted to extend them. I don't think it was a matter of not wanting them or getting a bad deal or anything like that. I think, I think it's what he—that's what he wanted. He didn't want to move him, but he was one of the only players that had some value. Yeah, absolutely, you're right. And you know, again, it was totally understandable why they had him on the trade block. But since they couldn't get the deal, they signed him back. I love it. I love Scott Lawton. Like I think he's. There's just something about these blue-collar players that it's so easy to root for. Like, the same thing with Raffle. Like, I didn't want to see Raffle go. I didn't either, but, you know, it is Thank what it God is. God he's out of the Pacific. It doesn't even matter anyway, because by the time the Ducks were good again and the Kings were good again, he would have been long gone. So, <laughs> Do you watch your mouth? The Ducks are going to be fine in another year or two. You watch it. <laughs> Ducks will win another uh, cup before the Flyers do. You no. keep saying that. You know you're just giving yourself some bad karma. You're putting that in there, and then that's just going to be like, oh, the Ducks get to like five more Western Conference Finals and can't get the job done. <laughs> it's all right. At least we get out of the first and second round. <sighs> hey. That's how you leave it on T. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, mean, you're you I brought him out for you, DB. There's the Jeff Carter trade talk. Alex. Yeah. So, I mean, Jeff Carter, he is, like I, I said. Jeff Carter's trade talk is just talking smack back and forth about it. It sucks more. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, though, Jeff Carter leaving and joining the Penguins, it was weird to see him in that Penguins jersey. 
I mean, it, it's kind of, in a way, I thought like I thought about it when John LeClaire was a penguin. It was like, ooh, that just kind of smacks of that, where it's like, ooh, that's weird. But it was even worse when LeClaire left because he left right after he was done with the Flyers, whereas Carter hadn't been on the Flyers since fucking 2011. So, <laughs> oh. Thanks, Don, Don. I see your comment down there. It's telling me not to worry. I'm not worried. Ducks are heading in a really good they're in a, they're in a good spot despite their record. They're in every game that they play. Now, actually, uh, bro, I want to ask you, how did you feel about no moves made from the Ducks, like not getting any movement on Getzlav or anything like that? I know there was rumors about Vegas, but what were you feel- uh, How did you feel about it? I'm okay with it. Like I said, they're not really playing bad hockey. They're in just about every game that they, they've lost. Um, Getzlav is on the last year of his contract anyway. Raquel, I think he needs a, a fresh start. I was a little upset to see him move. Uh, I did not like seeing Yanni Hockenpah get traded, but we got a good young player, good young defenseman with a little bit of a higher ceiling back in Hayden Flurry. And I think we – no, we gave up a pick. We gave up a six-round pick. Um, I'm good with it. This team's not far off. They're, they're, they're playing really, really well. They just need to solidify a little bit more on the back end. And just figure out ways to finish some of these low-scoring affairs and, and get two or three goals a game. Absolutely. So we got Don Don here saying, question, do you all think it's a smart idea to draft a goalie in the top ten? Unless that goalie is at the caliber of Marty Berder or a Marc-Andre Fleury or a Henrik Lundqvist, you really should be careful of drafting goalies in the top ten. And like mm-hmm. I said, those three are measuring sticks. That tells you how short the caliber is of top tier goaltenders that are taken first round or even top ten, let alone. Yeah, because I mean, look, look at it this way: Carter Hart was the third round pick. Yeah. So if that gives you just some kind of an example, most goaltenders yeah. aren't taken in the second, first, or second rounds. A lot of them start getting taken swapped up in the third. But then yeah. again, like like you said, Maddie, it also depends on on their, uh, you know, I guess reputation. Yeah, I mean, and again, it's it's a rare thing to see, you know, like we said, you know, Roder was rare, and when they drafted him, you knew he was going to be a star, and he became one. Same thing with Flurry, you knew Flurry was going to be really good, and you knew that Longquist was going to be great, but those were guys you just knew right off the bat, yes, these guys are, they're not going to need developing, these guys are already ready to go. It's a different story. The Flyers made that mistake. Uh, draft in 1999, the Flyers drafted a goalie named Maxime Alouette, and he played one game for the Flyers, and he played like shit, and he never played another single game with the Flyers. So the Flyers knew they did a first-round pick with a goaltender, and that's a mistake they made. Although, looking back, the 99 draft was a pretty bad draft, but still, that's a dud in the history of the Flyers books. It's like, oh, yeah, we got a goaltending issue? Let's pick a goalie in the first round. Hmm. Clearly no one understands how goalie drafting works here in Philadelphia. Wonderful. We wonder why we had a carousel. Anyway. Don, Don, I think you would have seen it this year with uh, Yaroslav Oskarov. Uh, it has been a lot of comparison to uh, Carey Price. He slipped to 11th, uh, if you want to say a goalie slipped, to uh, the Nashville Predators. Uh, you know, So if you didn't see it this year, I don't think you'll ever see it. There's just too much forward talent and – too many, you know, like goaltenders need to develop, so it's hard to waste that high of draft capital. Yeah, 
I agree on that one. And Prism was saying, yeah, they needed Felino. Jumbo Joe getting 14 minutes total ice time isn't cutting it, hmm. which is true, <laughs> which is very, very true. And let's see here, DB. The Sharks traded for Magnus Krona, and now he is my favorite player because his name sounds like high-end credit card. <laughs> Either that or it sounds like a character from Gladiator. Yeah. I'm actually just watching that earlier. Nice. I'll slip in between that and uh, – in the hockey game before I took my nap. <laughs> yeah. So, well, let's see here. Prism saying Flyers need to protect Law, and they will. You know, they, they just signed him, so they're definitely going to protect Law. And, um, got Chuck's chiming in. What's up, Chuck? Maybe they're making him more attractive to, to, to take. I don't know. That's kind of what I was thinking. Maybe. Maybe they're making him more enticing. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, it's not. It's not out of the realm of possibilities. Definitely is not. Let's see. Ant saying, I will drive Jake to Seattle if they pick him. <laughs> My man, we're right here. We're right here. You guys can go together. It'd be a nice little carpool. Yes. It's a long drive. You guys need to, you need to have some company. Jake can ride, ride on the roof like the grandma from National Lampoons. <laughs> <laughs> Chuck saying, I'll disagree to the poll. And let's see. And then he went on to say, it's just really tough to watch this team right now, though. I understand. I mean, they're too inconsistent. You know, you get a big win tonight, but watch them fucking fail miserably in their next game. You know, so it's like when you get that hot and cold shit, it is kind of hard to watch. And it's saying, is there a clear number one pick for this year's draft class? Seems like you don't hear names like previous years. I'm guessing that's due to COVID and scouts not being able to travel. Yeah, it's a little bit of both. And also leagues had a little bit of a rougher season or a rougher go at it. And it's not just here. It's also in Europe. And, you know, so it's, it's a bit of a crapshoot this year. A little bit of one. So it's going to be interesting to see how teams pick this year, especially after the expansion draft. And I'll start taking a deeper pick into the draft pools um, once the season's over. Yeah, and Anthony Melodio saying, I'm glad Fletcher didn't do anything stupid at the trade deadline, like give away youth. Hey, you know what? He did not. He stuck to his guns. And when he was asked and grilled by the media where he said, like, are you going to make any changes to the coaching staff? He flat out said no. So I can't say he's a liar. Now, out of anything you can call him, he is not a liar. He has stuck true to everything he said so far. Uh, let's see. Prism saying they should have sold high on Pavelski and Radulov. I think, obviously, talking about Dallas there. What do you guys think about that? Nah, I don't think they're selling on Pavelski or Radulov. He's also saying Cogliano, too. I don't know how much you can get for Cogliano anymore. Um the only good thing about Andrew Acagliano is he's he's got still got that speed, but he's not much of the producer that he once was. At least not from what I've seen, anyway. Now Jason Fe Jason Fagan getting in on the uh, action on what you're drinking, and he's drinking about a twelve pack of Bud Light. <laughs> okay, man. Don Don, Don he's rolling around with the twisted tea. Which flavor of twisted tea, Don Don? Yes, it's sure. a very important question. Let's see. Good stuff. Well, you got to get more drinking here. On that. I, I let that slip. I, I've been dropping the ball. I'm going to try to bring it back more. 
Uh, let's see here. Anthony was also saying, do not dump Scotty lots. Uh, don't worry. We'll see. We'll see moving in. Hey, Tom saying tank. <laughs> Tom totally down with it. Obviously agreeing to the poll. What's up, Tom? And saying, uh, saying I'm drinking Coppola wine. Class. Or like Class, class, class. And then Prism's also saying you don't trade Superman and you don't tug on his cape either. Yeah, you really yeah. don't. Let's see. Yeah, Roska saying Vorchek did the coyotes. <laughs> you can have them. <laughs> Put him out into the desert. There you go. Send his ass to the warm Siberia. <laughs> I will say, though, his girlfriend's a sweetheart. What, uh, Vorchek's girlfriend? Mm-hmm. Hmm. His girlfriend's a sweetheart. She's she's the best. I've met her a couple times. Well, oh, yeah. hopefully, Vor- hopefully Vorchek's at least nice to her. Nice. Since he's not nice to the media. <laughs> DB saying, what about Stevie Y being a genius with taking a one-fourth of a player's salaries in three team trades, receiving draft picks in place? Mm-hmm. We were talking about that earlier. Um, it, it's the it's looking like it's going to be the norm, but at the same time, got to love Stevie Y's GM acumen. I mean, this is a guy who was a great player, and he's a great GM on top of it. It's like just a guy who just knows his shit. Inside, outside, backwards, frontwards, sideways. He knows hockey on both the executive level and knows how to play the game. That's amazing. If there's ever go ahead. At first, at first I scratched my head and like, what the hell is Yarzerman doing when I first saw the trade? Because they didn't really get much. I think they got a fourth or a third round pick out of the deal. So the original deal was I believe Savard to Detroit. For I forget what the return was. I think it was for oh uh, defenseman uh, Lashoff. Uh, Don Don, what's his name? What's his first name? Lashoff, defenseman that was traded. And then Adam. I want to say it's Brian. For some reason. Uh, yeah, we'll know. Um, and then. Tampa Bay called Detroit. Detroit sent Savard to Tampa for a first and a third. The first and a third run up going to Columbus. But Columbus kept 50% of Savard's contract. Detroit took 25% of that remaining 50. And so Tampa's just paying 25% of Savard's contract while Columbus gets three picks and a and Sorry. Tampa Bay got two defensemen. They got lash off too. So Columbus got three picks. Detroit is essentially paying 25% of Savard's contract, and Tampa Bay walked away with two defensemen. So this is essentially what uh, Detroit got in that deal. A ah. whole lot Deep of nothing. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> they made up for it with the Washington deal, though, so I can't really be too mad. And then apparently San Jose did something similar. So uh, it is what it is. So were you guys surprised to see any names not moved at the deadline? Actually, no. Uh, I'm not surprised by some of the names that didn't get moved. Um, I did half expect some of the bigger names in Anaheim to go, but I'm good that they didn't, especially with the physicals that got thrown around last night in the San Jose game with the Ducks. (laughs) But – 
just kind of a trade line I kind of expected. Not a hu- bunch of huge names going anywhere, but a bunch of solid players moving to help solid teams get better. And that's essentially what we got. Yeah. So that's pretty much a trade deadline. Um, Rob, you gave your winner to Boston. Yeah. I, I, you know, it's, it's between Boston and Florida because that was my surprise of the draft was Sam Bennett. I, I didn't think he was going to get moved, uh, you know, but they did. Uh, Calgary did wind up moving him uh, to the Panthers for a second round pick. And what's that? Uh, Emil Hyman. Yeah. Um, you know that that was a bit of a surprise. That made Florida a lot stronger too. You know, in their in their in their uh, you know return to the playoffs here. So, you know, ultimately, I, I will I will stick with my original feel with Boston. I think Taylor Hall is a, a great fit there. That's going to add to you know they need to provide production from you know a, a line other than the perfection line, and Taylor Hall will help with that. But I think Florida is a close second, and I like I, I I mean don't get me wrong, I liked I liked what Detroit did. I, I like uh, Columbus getting a lot of the draft picks. I like what Toronto did. Those are all up there or whatnot. I'm just trying to be a little contrarian with my opinions. Gotcha. <laughs> well, Prism was saying, great pick for the Panthers with Ekblad down and Verhege down for a week or so. What about Dubnik now? I think that trade looks even better for Colorado now that uh, Grubauer's out for the next two weeks with COVID issues. So they're they're really solidifying that goaltending situation versus last year where they had an issue where they were on like their third or their fourth string goaltender. So now they added depth, adding Dubnik. I think that's really going to help them moving forward. Yeah. Colorado getting Soderberg. Like we talked, Maddie. I talked about this with you guys a little bit. Were you were you on there at that point? I think you were. I, I might like have been. Hours. I might not have been. I can't. I got on there a little late. Um. But you know, it's a great. They made great secondary moves to help depth, which is what they need. You know, they traded no stars. They gave up mid-level draft picks, and and they got solid players. So you know, you bring back Soderberg, you bring in Dubnik. I think they made one more deal to bring in another forward. I can't remember who it is, but right now, my clear favorite for the Cup is Colorado. All right, then. So you would say they're the winner on the deadline, too? Uh, not the winner of the deadline, but they're definitely my my clear-cut favorite now for the Cup. Gotcha. My Who winner of the you... deadline is Detroit. Detroit? All right, then. So Detroit for the winner of the deadline there. DB saying, uh, I'm surprised Ryan Murray didn't get moved. And then Pete chiming in. Yo, fam. What's up, Pete? What's up, Pete? And... Yo, yo. DB then went on to say most teams were making the trade for defensive type of defenseman. Go figure. What team didn't? The team that actually needed a defensive defenseman. Probably because we couldn't offload the players that we wanted to on some poor sap. But anyway, Ted – Saying uh, we're on a massive losing streak, and somehow we pull out a shootout win when, when there's the Penguins. How? It's because it's the Penguins. The Flyers always play up when they're seeing those, you know, fucking piss yellow fucking jerseys that the Penguins wear. Although they were wearing their retro reverses tonight, so were the Flyers. Which but, I do um, like. Yeah. And just like the Flyers, their true nature. 
as fans, just when you're out, they pull you back in. <laughs> they keep, you, they keep you like hoping. I mean, even though I've given up hope. But... <laughs> hope, hope push hope. Oh, oh, real quick. Let me let me tell you this story real quick before I forget sure, again. Sure, right. go right ahead, so, brother. So I'll make it quick. I'll, I'll get to the nuts and bolts, right? So I pull an all-nighter Saturday night and the Sunday to get some work done, right? And then uh, and then we have our station meeting, right? So I stay up for that. And then it's game time, right? Of course, I'm watching as much as I can. Get into late in the second period. You know, we go up 2 nothing. They tie it up 2-2. I'm like, I'm fucking against Buffalo. Here we go, right? And in between the intermissions, I fucking pass out hard. I'm out. Right. And I wake up for a split second when we get the gospel goal to make a three, two. And I wake up just for like a millimeter. I'm like, ah, oh, good. At least we're not going to lose the Buffalo. And I fall back to sleep again. And I wake up to the final score on the post game. And it was like waking up to a nightmare. There's no finer story that embodies this Philadelphia flyer season than that fucking story. But, um, <laughs> waking up to a nightmare. There's Definitely. a couple of trades in here that I've noticed that I didn't pick up on before. I didn't know Braden Coburn got traded to the Islanders. That he did. That he did. So that's, a good a good move. Move. that's another good move for the Islanders there, too. So sure. that solidifies that. Sure. Yeah. Another player that maybe the Flyers wouldn't have been uh, wrong to go after. I mean, even if it's a past his prime or what have you, but maybe have him come back to Philly. Maybe he can be a leader on the defensive unit. You know, for a guy who's originally played here. You know, uh, he it may not have been a now. bad option. What's up? He wants, he wants to continue to win. The Florida Panthers uh, made a bunch of good moves. I like the Brandon Montour move. Mm-hmm. Gave up the third round pick to grab him. That solidifies the defense a little bit where they're they're kind of uh, they're hurting. Um, just to put it a little more bluntly um, with not having Ekblad back there. So now you bring in a guy who's been around a little bit. He's a bit on the younger side. He has offensive upside and is a solid defenseman. Let's be real. Like just, he's in Buffalo right now. So everything doesn't look as good because he's there. Yeah. So I love that move. He also went out and got um, uh, da, 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 uh, dude from the devils, Nikita, Nikita Guzev. So he wound up signing up with Florida too. So Florida, Florida's making moves to, to make cup run. I think they, they could be a favorite in the East. <laughs> so, DV said, rumor is that the Islanders trade for Palmarian Zajac was a was a first, was originally offered to Buffalo, but because Kevin Adams botched it because he thought he could get more picks. <laughs> like, what the fuck? Like, if, the, if he's DB's talking about a move for Eichel, it doesn't matter now. He's out for the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's if, but still, it. It just goes to show that the even when the trade deadline, when the Sabres are supposed to be sellers, they still can't win. <laughs> they can't win shit. It's just what, whatever. That team is so poorly ran. I'm surprised Toronto didn't come calling for Brian Elliott. I felt like Fletcher should have gotten in on the Toronto draft pick giveaway. Um, I mean, they're buying it to get finally get out of the second round. So I don't blame them. They're going to give up picks because they're in a in a position to win now. They that's are. When you, that's when you move your picks is when you're trying to push for to make that final push. True. And I think getting Felino. Felino's huge. Oh yeah. Felino is huge move. for the for the um, Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. 
Do you guys believe that the rumor that Jake is hated in the locker room? Well, I will refer to Pope's comment earlier in the night that if Jake is taken by Seattle, he will drive him to Seattle along with uh, who was it again that said that he would go with you to drive Jake's ass to <laughs> to Seattle? Somebody here in the comments. Give me a moment. I'll find him. <laughs> I have. It was uh, Anthemio. That's who it was. Thank you, Brian. Yes, so I will refer you to that comment earlier in the show. <laughs> I percent believe that he's hated in the locker room. Um, and I can't confirm who my sources are, but he is. Nobody likes him in there, especially the younger guys. He's he's hard on the young guys. Like, he gets into their faces and stuff. So. He's, he's like constantly on the rag. That's what Jake Voracek is. Seems <laughs> like it for sure. Absolutely. Oh God, it's you know it it you know it's a shame that no one will put that no one's put Jake in his place. That's the that's the sad part of it. You know, it's like if that had been back in the day, if like say when Keith Primo was captain or something like that. Or even Lindros, if somebody had fucking just started talking shit on one of the young guys or gotten in their face, if that young guy was feeling a certain way about it, you can rest assured that somebody would have grabbed his ass and be like, yo, you better shut the fuck up. <laughs> just shut the fuck up. Yeah, it would have been one of those kind of things in the locker room. I mean, at the end of the day, though, you can't have that. And so it, if that's the case, then fucking get the fuck out of here for a check. Fucking, you know, just... All the bullshit that he's going through, it's like, I don't give a fuck, man. Like, you're you're tanking this fucking team. It's not worth it. Don't let the door hit you or the good Lord split you. See you <laughs> the fuck later. DB saying no trade for Taylor Hall. Eh, I mean, honestly. Oh, no, he's he, re he was referring to the trade for Taylor Hall. Oh. So what we thought was like was, was the one he was talking about for Taylor Hall. Okay. So, so he did botch that because he thought he could get more picks for Taylor Hall. I mean, no, the way it works is Taylor Hall nets you the draft lottery first round pick. That's not it, Adams. That's how that works. That you have to wait till the draft lottery. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Anyway, oh, uh, so let's see. Anthony saying Sabres should have traded with Philadelphia. They could have won. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> right, that's a good one. I'll give you that one. That's a good one. And we got Kev saying for Rob, it would be a good idea if it wasn't working. Oh, okay. So he was talking about uh, something else going on on that one. Probably about drinking. <laughs> gotta stay sober. I respect that, man. You know, you gotta work. You know, in this pandemic, earn your money when you can. Absolutely. Brian Elliott, Frosted Matthews. One can wish. One can wish. That's what NHL, whatever the fuck year you play, is for. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. You play too early, though. You can't get them. That's true. That's true. Although you could create them and just boost the stats up to, like, not 99. <laughs> That's true. It's like when you had the old wrestling games where you'd have the, the CAW formulas, print them offline, and then you'd spend the time just making sure the eyes were right and the face structure was correct, but it still wasn't the same. It's like, darn it, it's still not them, but it's the closest you could get to it. Anyway. <laughs> I used so, to do that with the Hardy Boys with my WWE games when they were actually good. Ah, there you go. Yeah, back when back when WWE games were fun before 2K took them over because, you know, 2K is shit. Anyway, I mean, 2K's got a pretty badass golf game, and you can also check out A2G Gaming. 
That's Sign true. Up, subscribe, Twitch, like, subscribe, follow, all that fun stuff. You know what to do at this point, guys. Absolutely. And, oh, Anthony. Swan song. Yeah, but he just wanted to know if it is his swan song. Um, did we sign into a two-year deal or a one-year deal? I forgot oh, what we signed. Year. It might be a one-year. But, you know, if it is his swan song, if Moose winds up leaving the Flyers by the end of this year, you know what? I can't really say anything bad about Moose. Like, yeah, he let in some softies here and there, but he's a backup. He transitioned into the backup role. So, I mean, quite frankly, I had really an issue with Moose. I thought Moose was fine for what he contributed to the team. He had some good wins for the Flyers. So, I can't say anything really bad about his tenure in Philadelphia, honestly. I mean, well, except one thing. He got hurt too much. That was the only thing that I can knock on. He got hurt way too much. Uh, an older goaltender, that's going to happen. But, yeah, you boys were right. It was a one-year contract extension, so he'll be unrestricted. I mean, maybe they let him walk, you know, so uh, they can bring up some of their youth to back up Carter. At least, you know, if Carter's in a state where, you know, he could be okay. You know what I mean? But I think he has. I think it's good that he had Brian this year to go through this and 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 gain that value that he could bring forward for uh, 21-22. <laughs> Um, I met Moose Moose a couple weeks ago Great dude, awesome guy Laid back I would like to see him sign another one year deal here Just to kind of Maybe even a two year deal Just to continue to back up Carter Um, I I feel more comfortable with that too Mm -hmm. I'm with you I'm with you, I feel a little more comfortable with that too It's when, When you have that mentor Relationship with somebody when you hit a certain point, you ha- you do have to let go. But I think Carter is still young enough that he s- could still benefit from having Elliot as a sure. backup. Sure. And all you do is, if you're here as far as games play go, as years go, Brian Elliott goes down, Carter Hart goes up a little bit, and then the year after that and his final year of his contract go down. That way you- you're not overworking Carter Hart early. You're getting him um, – uh, you're building up some of that endurance to get him to play a little bit more because there's going to come a point as a franchise goaltender, he's going to have to start 40 oh, yeah. to 50 games a year, maybe more depending on mm-hmm. how he's playing, how he's feeling. Injuries obviously are going to play a part as well. So right now I, I would, I would try and keep Brian Elliott as long as I can. Yeah. I mean, and, and- I'm not against that either. I'm not against that. You know, if Elliot wants to play another year, if, if you know, we can get him to co- stay here for another year, I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, but if he wants to hang him up, okay. You know, it is what it is. You know, if he's determined to say goodbye, so be it. You know what I mean? It's like, hey, man, I had no issues. You, you did what you did, and you know what? You were fine for us. You know, like there really wasn't any issues with Elliot. You know, like I said, got hurt a little too much. But other than that, though, he was fine for me, honestly. But um, and to answer your question, Ted, yes, Hart was in net tonight. And the next comment, he said, do you guys think we can escape these bad contracts this offseason? JVR, Jake's contract. If everyone is saying Jake is killing morale, give him boot. It's see, the problem is, is that like we talked about. Brian, you looked it up. It's three years left on his contract, and it's a lot of money. And with a flat cap, it's hard to move contracts like that. You know, yes, maybe Seattle takes him, but it depends on, 
where Seattle's structure is, and if he is known as a poison pill in that locker room, maybe Seattle wouldn't want him. Maybe Francis is like, no, I don't want that shit in my locker room. You know, so maybe he won't take him for that reason. You know, if if, if it is to be 100% believed that these are absolutely 110% facts, you know, it's maybe Francis won't want him for that reason. It's hard to it's hard to move a contract like that anyway. You know, it's hard to move that. I mean, I don't know how this is going to work, but I think the Flyers are going to have two buyouts available after this season. Because Andrew McDonald's contract is officially off the books after this year. And okay. so is David Schlemko, who both are bought out. Yeah. I forgot about that one. I forgot we just got that contract. Anyway. So you're going to free up $2.5 and, and then Ilya Briskolov is essentially getting paid under the table for the next X amount of years. Yeah. Thank you, Homer. Anyway. He's not affecting the buyout, and he's not affecting the, the – uh, Salary cap either, so I guess I know, I know. Just it's just PTSD. Anyway, but yeah, I think the Flyers have two buyouts, so you might be able to buy out Voracek. Thought so, that, I'm, but I can't. I I'm not sure. I'm not sure how it's going to work this off season. I mean, if you do do that, that is an option. Not the worst thing in the world to do if it comes down to it. If you can't get him off the books that way, last resort. You know, do what you got to do. Ted saying, got to ask where the Caps morons for letting Holpe walk. Didn't their goalie they got from the Rangers retire? No, Lundqvist did not retire. He just couldn't play this year because he had a heart condition. He'll be back next year, though. Yeah. And he's I'm already sure. come out and said he's feeling 100%. He's, he's playing next year. Absolutely. And, and he's an athlete anyway. You know, I mean, athletes are not going to let that go. You know, unless a doctor 110% tells you, no, you cannot play. Or in other words, you will have a heart attack or a stroke. If the doctor didn't say anything like that to Lundquist, obviously, we would have heard that by now. He's been skating. He's been pl- he's been in the ranks and he's been pushing his limits. He'll be back next year. He's not going to let it go like this. Not Lundquist is too proud. He's not going to let that go. So, and I get he'll probably wind up signing back with the Capitals anyway because I think he'll probably want to stay. Like I couldn't play for them. I'm going to play for them this year. You know, so I'm pretty sure that's what he would probably want to do. Um, let's see here. Yeah, we got DB. Are we going to talk about how the Caps dropped a game to the Sabers with Taylor Hall gone? Is the curse confirmed? Um, maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, none of the other teams he's been on have won, so. Yeah, Washington has been a very poor third-period team. I'm actually just looking up, like, how the goals went in that game. But, no, they actually, they led throughout. They had a three-goal three second period. But the Capitals – have let up a lot. Their, their goal differential in the third period, I think, was like a minus 23, I believe I saw when we played them on Saturday. Uh, you know, so that, that that's going to be something they're going to have to shore up for their cup run. Yeah, sure. absolutely. You can't be leaky in the third period, especially with teams that we got in our division. No. Doesn't matter who you face, they will make you pay for that. And let's see. Ted was saying, fuck the expansion draft, by the way. They should have to start from scratch like the rest of us. Vegas shouldn't be a cup contender. The fact that they are is a joke. Vegas, at the end of the day, made deals. They stocked up on draft picks, and they got players that they felt were going to be good pieces to their team. 
Although the owners have feigned that they did not think that their team was going to be competitive that year. I say feigned because it is kind of ironic that that team did go on that run, but you know, and they're still maintaining it. So, and there's very little that you can critique about Vegas. I mean, there, there's one or two things here or there, but for the most part, it's a pretty damn solid team. If they don't win a cup, in the next couple of years. Hell, I think they're going to win the cup this year. That's my pick to win it because I, by consensus, I feel like not too many people are picking Vegas and a lot of people are picking Colorado. So I'm thinking, okay, so that means Colorado's not going to win. Mm. So mm. <laughs> that means <laughs> Vegas will win it this year. That's what's going to happen. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, they got the prize off season acquisition with Petrangelo. Um, you know, they had a fat getting back to the comment, they had a fabulous expansion draft, but to expect them to have that chemistry right off the bat like that was something special. Usually that's why teams that come into the league struggle. But having a sure-handed goaltender between the pipes and Mark Andre Fleury, I know I've put down the flower many times, but on the show, but I'm gonna give him a little bit of praise right now. This week he got his 485th win, which passed Eddie, you know, Eddie the Eagle Bell for. For fourth on NHL's all-time wins list, uh, you know, congratulations. You know, it's certainly a hell of an accomplishment, uh, and I think that really just solidified his Hall of Fame status, if it wasn't already. Oh, absolutely. No, Flurry's sure. definitely a Hall of Famer. He's got uh, two cup, well, no, three cups, and on top of that, you know, he's and he almost won one with Vegas. He may win one with Vegas <laughs> if this year goes according to the way I think it will. So, yeah, he absolutely is a Hall of Famer, no doubt about it. So, um, to Ted's comment real quick before we move on um, to something else, look at Minnesota, Nashville, Columbus, and Atlanta. At the time, they all did expansion drafts too, I believe, right? Yes, they did. How much success does those teams have? Well, I don't Minnesota's, even think Minnesota's been to the playoffs a handful of times. Columbus a few times, a couple times. Nashville came close to getting a cup, and Atlanta doesn't exist anymore. If you know how to, to draft properly like Vegas did over the last couple of years and put yourself in a position to be uh, have that kind of depth that you can rotate guys in and out of the lineup and still be successful – that's a knock to the GM. The expansion draft is fine because you need to, you need NHL talent. You can't just start from scratch. No, you're like right. Compete. And the fact that they, first of all, the, the year with the Vegas shooting that they came in was something that city needed. Right. The fact that they came out from the jump and made it to the Stanley cup finals. My hat's off to uh, George McPhee for not only drafting the right players, but getting the chemistry going, bringing in the right head coach, which I still don't understand how he got fired. It just all worked out. It's not going to happen every time. No, you're right. I mean, there's very few expansion teams that can say that they were really good coming right out of the gate. I mean, actually, to be fair, can we even think about no, no other expansion team that I can think of had out of the – and I'm not going to count St. Louis, and here's the reason why, because they played against all the other expansion teams in the playoffs when they came into the league with the rest of us. So I'm not counting that. That That isn't fair. That's fair. Think about it, though. Can you ever think of another expansion team that ever did that? Because San Jose was dead last when they came into the league. Tampa sucked when they came into the league. Florida 
uh, what was it? I think it was what their second year in existence when they went to the final or their third year. I don't oh, think they Florida, went what, 96. Yeah. About that third year. Yeah. So again, it, none of us have ever seen a team do that. You know, none of us. It's a, that's why it was so shocking when it happened. No expansion team has ever done that. Relocated teams have done it. Colorado did it the first year out of relocation. They wound up winning the whole damn thing, but you know, no expansion team had done it previously. So let's see here. What else we got here? Yeah, I was thinking Calgary Flames, but they they relocated from Atlanta, so that wouldn't count either, right? No, yeah, just yeah, as a right, right. yeah. It, it, it's tough though, because I mean, think about it. And also, back when those teams, like you mentioned, Bry, Atlanta, Minnesota, Columbus, they all came in. The expansion draft wasn't as fair as it is now. I feel like the NHL kind of fucked them a little bit because they a lot of players that were past their prime wound up on those teams. You know, you had an aging Ray Ferraro was the first captain of the Atlanta Thrashers. That tells you a lot about what players they were leaving available. And <laughs> yeah, but you also make the argument. You saw how guys that, you know, were talented that went there. Um, Atlanta had Colby Armstrong, who was a solid player. They had Ilya Kovalchuk. I think Marion Gabrick spent some time down there. Oh, sorry, not Gabrick. It was uh, Marion Hosa. Hosa, yeah. Spent time yeah. down there. Mm-hmm. Um, Minnesota had Brian Ralston. Uh, Nashville had guys like Paul Correa. Uh, so, you know, you had you had big-name guys in these cities, except for maybe Columbus, who <laughs> seems to always <laughs> struggle keeping big-name players. Well, uh, Rick Yeah, that was Rick, their first yeah, big and thing. Then even at some point, Rick Nash was like, I want out. Yeah. <laughs> Boy, I'll tell you, you talk about a guy who wasted his whole career, you know, because when he went to New York, honestly, I remember when New York got him and it was a big deal. Everybody's like, oh, shit, New York's going to be good now. They're going to be dangerous. Nash did nothing for him. Like, he he had a good year for them, I think. And then after that, downward spirals. Like, damn, Nash wasted his best years on a shit Columbus team and a shit Columbus organization. At that time, oh, they had to have been the worst ran out of those expansion teams has to be evil. Well, okay, no, Atlanta was because Atlanta, they're not even here anymore. That's the only saving grace that Columbus had is that Atlanta doesn't exist anymore. Oh, God. <laughs> so since we're talking about expansions, I think this is a great comment that DB put out there. It said, Vegas better do it soon because the Kings and the Ducks have some of the best prospect pools in the NHL, and I agree with that. So if Vegas is going to do it, they got to do it within the next year or two otherwise. Ollie yeah. and Anaheim are going to be back in the mix. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Vegas, you know, this is a chance for Vegas. You know, Vegas is going to, you know, they, they have the division, even in normal circumstances. You know, like, think about it. In the normal Pacific Division next year, Vegas should have it. They should be able to win the Pacific Division next year, hands down. You know, and it's just now's the time to strike. Because like you're alluding to, Bri, those California teams, the two specifically, because the Sharks, it's going to be a while before they're anything. You got L.A. and you got Anaheim. They're just getting better every year with the young talent. So they're going to get back up and they're going to want their division back. So it's it's not going to be easy. And also, let's not sleep on Vancouver. Yeah, they're having a shit year. But if Vancouver does something correct in the offseason, they can turn it around. The problem is, is that they just had a horrible year this year. 
I like Prism's comment. Let's send him to Quebec. And then I need the Columbus Blue Jackets. That's true. That's true. We've always wanted the Nordiques back, right? Well, there you go. There's your answer to that problem. The Nordiques well, are back. DB <laughs> also went on to say, and I know you clicked on it, they, they do have to unload their big dogs. Think about how many guys they have on big contracts right now. William yeah. Carlson's on a big contract. Max Pacioretty's on a big contract. They just signed Petrangelo to a huge contract. Um, there's somebody else. I'm blanking um, on it. Was it um, a uh, forward? I I know the name, but I'm going to mispronounce it. Is it Mirashat? Is that what it is? March Assault. March Assault. Thank you. March Assault. Yep. There you go. So you yep. got you got a lot of big dogs on on big contracts. So got to get you're going to have to lose them at some point. And who's to say that? And we're saying Seattle's going to need big contracts. Who's to say that? You know, maybe a patch ready gets unprotected. And he might because there were trade rumors surrounding him this year. Because right. apparently they, yeah. they need they need a cap space to sign Patcheretti. Or not Patcheretti, um Petrangelo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It it's gonna be that'll be a day of reckoning coming for, for Vegas moving forward. But that's why you gotta strike while the iron's hot, you know. I mean, hell, here's the thing too. And we've seen this happen with Detroit, where remember when Detroit was putting teams like this together? They were putting super teams together in the early 2000s, and they won one cup doing it too. They won in 2002. After that, yeah, they they still were competitive for a few years there, and they won another one. But you saw that gradual decline eventually sneak in on them, and they tried so hard to keep the party going. And then we saw what happened. Now they had to rebuild completely. They had no choice but the fire sale and restart. And you don't want to see Vegas do that because well, if they, the difference between Detroit and Vegas is this. Detroit's an original six team and has that to fall back on, whereas Vegas is not a non-traditional hockey market. I know I'm going back to that old argument. Not that Vegas hasn't made some great moments for them, but it's still a young market. You don't want to lose that young market when you're just, you know, you've got this great run going now. You want to be smart, you know, a few years down the line saying, okay, we need to get rid of this guy because we can't afford him any longer, but we need to be smart about it. And we need to get picks so we can get younger players and get more excitement going into this team, keep the youth coming in. So that way we're not having a really long period of rebuild. Cause like I said, Detroit, they're a market that's never going away in the NHL because of the tradition and the fact that they were an original 16, but with Vegas still a young team. I mean, Phoenix was actually not a bad team when they first came into the league. And that's because they had a lot of players that were from the jets that were actually pretty good. And then they went and got players like Jeremy Roenick, Rick Tockett, and they had other really solid players that they brought in. And that team made the playoffs a few times. They weren't going to get anywhere. Granted, they weren't good enough to do that, but then you saw them fall apart and then interest faded away. Because they had that long period of they couldn't put a team together to save their sorry asses, you know. So you don't want to see that with Vegas because then interest will fade away. And you won't, you won't. George McPhee's a smart guy. He knows, he knows when to to retool and when not to retool. And right now, this is a team that's in a good, good position. To obviously, win win some hockey games, get to the playoffs again, and uh, they'll they'll make the necessary moves they need to. I I think that's something we won't have to worry about. Yeah, not that we need to worry about it anyway because we're not in Vegas, but <laughs> yeah, true, true. 
that uh, Ted was saying. Uh, my point is, is that these teams shouldn't be good right away. They're going to win a cup or complete before these teams or compete before these teams who have real fan bases, who has been around for a long time, suffering fan. <laughs> Damn. I mean, Ted was not, coming for the throat on that one. Woo! But that's not anybody's <laughs> fault. That's good expansion drafting by the GMs. You got to just tip your cap to them guys and just say, you did a hell of a job. Like, who's to say Seattle's not going to do the same thing? They may they may have a good draft. They may not. I mean, if they do their due diligence, do their homework, and they draft the right guys and put a good team together, why shouldn't they be able to compete for a cup and be good right away? Just because they're an expansion team, they have to suck? That doesn't make any sense. It's still an NHL team. They still have to face the same team as everybody else. It's true. I mean, well, Anaheim. I mean, let, let's let's take a look at Anaheim. Anaheim. Yeah, they were bad at first, but it didn't take them too long before they started putting a team together. When you look at the grand scale of that team, you know, when they first came into the league, yeah, they weren't the best team in the world because they were an expansion team. But how long was it before they made their first playoff appearance? They still made their first playoff appearance in the '90s, and they came into the league in the '90s. So that tells yeah, you a lot. They came into the league, and I can't tell you the first time they made a. It made the playoffs, but 2003 was the first time they made it to the cup. Yeah, and that's not a very later. yeah, and that's not a very long run before you get to your first Stanley Cup finals. That's a pretty impressive run right there. Just for even if they don't win the cup in 07, which they go on to do, which is even better, that's still impressive right there. For I mean, a the young St. Louis team. Blues did it in 1968. Yeah, they didn't win a and, cup, but they got to the Stanley Cup finals in 1968, in their first year. Yeah, Buffalo got there in '75. You know, happens. So, you know, if he, these GMs do their due diligence and draft good players and put together a good solid team, I don't see why they can't or shouldn't be able to compete for a cup. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And let's see here. And <laughs> a lot of good league parity. Yes. Yeah. Very good point there. Very good point there. Ted was saying uh, Detroit got moved to the East, which is also moronic by the league. Yeah, but here's the thing, though. Detroit wanted to get moved to the East. They were tired of the traveling, which is weird that they said that, but they wanted it. So, all right, asking you shall receive. And them and Columbus got moved. I don't think that that was a bad move that Columbus got moved to the East. Actually, I think that did them a lot of good because it's a fresh start for them, and they needed a fresh start because that organization was so battered and so beaten and moving to the East was the best thing for them. Sure, it has a little bit of timing because that management was starting to fix things a little bit, but it was a fresh start, and you've seen the fruits of that. Now, there's a bit of a rough go of it this year, but look at the last few seasons. This has been a regular playoff team, which is very impressive for them considering the fact, and they won a playoff series beating the President's Trophy winner in a sweep. So those are some big steps forward for an organization that would never have sniffed the playoffs for their first 10 years. So let's see here. Then Andy's saying we're seeing that with Pittsburgh referring to the Detroit stuff right now. They're getting as much mileage out of Crosby and Malkin Latang as possible. And that's Is that's true. Malkin even playing tonight? I don't uh, remember seeing him. Uh, no, Malkin's out. He's still hurt. Um, but yeah, 
Yeah, but they, but they're not wrong though. They are getting as much mileage out of them as possible. They're not. They didn't move on from Malkin or anything like that. I mean, obviously, you weren't going to move on from Malkin at the deadline or what have you, because first off, you're in a playoff position. Secondly, on top of that as well, he's hurt, so you're not exactly going to be able to move that. So you're seeing that with Pittsburgh to an extent. DB went on to say the only reason that Detroit started losing was because they said they lost Pavel Datsuk. And that was definitely <laughs> a major factor of Pavel Datsuk. Not, he went on to say, fuck you guys, I'm going to the KHL. He literally fucked Detroit on that one. <laughs> and then, you know. Uh, Detroit was getting ready to move on from him anyway. He was 30, what, 38, 39 years old when they mutually parted ways. That's true, because people do forget how you know, Datsuk had been on the team for a long time. Datsuk was on that 2002 Cup team. Some people forget that, but he was a he was a rookie when they I'm won that. Zetterberg. Cup. Yeah, Zetterberg too. So, and they would of course go on to be the leaders and win that 2008 one. But you know, it's it's kind of crazy to think about how long Detroit kept that going, and as impressive as that was. Eventually, you saw what happened. <laughs> you know, <laughs> now they, they got to try and build themselves back to it. Prism is saying, though, got a good feeling about Ron Francis. He also went on to say that Pavel Datsuk was uh, the magic man, which he was, and was his favorite Red Wing life. So there you go. <laughs> I want to I address Ted, Ted one more time. Sure, said, sure, because sure. Because they're taking other teams' players, but they're not taking, they're not stealing anything from anybody. You're allowed to protect X amount of players. I believe it's five forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie that you're allowed to protect. Otherwise, you anybody else is fair game. It doesn't. You could you could grab a whole bunch of scrubs, and you could still wind up in the same result that this team could wind up being a playoff team, Stanley Cup, whatever. So I mean, it doesn't really make much sense. I agree with Prism. They're not stealing. They're picking players out of a specific pool. Because they, what are they going to do? Just draft, what is it, twenty-two players and a goaltender? Yeah, it. That's not I mean, exactly fair. That's going to put a team at the bottom from the from the get-go. That's and, not going to create that, a fan base. Yeah. You want to create a fan base, and by doing that, you want to put together the best team possible. And the best way to do that is have an expansion draft where you have a pool of NHL-ready players and build a team that way. You can't just build it from scratch from a bunch of players in the draft you can't do that you're not going to yeah. build anything from that yeah, and, that, attention. and that's that's something that hurt for particular um with a perfect example of that even though technically i guess you could call them expansion teams when the wha merged with the nhl people forget a few of these details but it's understandable because they're not always highlighted the nhl stripped a lot of players that were on those wha teams the Nordiques had some great players that they took away from the Nordiques. The Whalers had great players they took away from the Whalers. A lot of teams got fucked by that merger. The only reason Gretzky stuck around was because Gretzky made it a point that he was trying to stay in Edmonton. He didn't want to play anywhere else. And the NHL realized, well, it's Gretzky. Let's let him stay in Edmonton. And they let him sign a new contract, which was a lifetime contract practically, that they didn't honor because uh, eventually wound up in L.A. But still – Gretzky stayed in Edmonton, and that was the only exception they ever made. A lot of other players left their WHA teams and got put into the uh, entry draft. So a lot of great players you saw on WHA teams wound up on different NHL teams. And that killed Hartford for a long time. Hartford had a hard time playing in the NHL when they first got going. They didn't get better until the late 80s into the 90s. 
And even then they couldn't get out of the first round. And then very few teams recovered from that. I mean, the Nordiques did a pretty decent job in the eighties, which is surprising that they did, but they managed um, there, you know, Edmonton, of course, you know, it was stuff like that, you know, it's, it's a very tough thing to do. And, and when you have a league that fucks you at the end of the day, it's hard for you to build up a fan base, you know, and that, of course, that was the NHL being assholes to another league. But still, it was one of the things of you don't want to do that to teams. You don't want to handicap a team right out of the gate because you want them to draw money. You want It's a business. You want them to draw money, even if it's an exotic market and you don't necessarily agree with moving a team there or having a team there. You still want that team to be a success because you still want them to draw money because owners then have to make up the difference from other teams around the league. That's another thing that's not always highlighted is that that hurts the other teams even more when another team isn't drawing because they suck and they're being mismanaged. So it's tough when you when you put out an expansion team, you don't want them to suck right out of the gate. No, because you want to build, like I said, you want to build the fan base. And the only way to build the fan base is putting out a good product. Yeah. You want to put out the best product you can. That's why the NHL gave the regulation of protecting like nine or ten players and – Pick your fair game at anybody else. Put together the best product you can. Now, DB is saying that Seattle is set to benefit from a great offseason, but I see them avoiding short-term contracts and value younger prospects and longer, cheaper contracts. Don't expect them to compete. It'll be interesting to see how how they fit into the league because they are coming into the Pacific Division, so that's one thing that I will say. They do have a bit of a short-term where maybe they can sneak into a playoff spot only because the division as it stands right now, because LA and Anaheim are still in the process of building their teams back up, they might be able to sneak past Arizona or, you know, another team that's just doesn't have their shit together and maybe sneak in if they're competing decently enough. But would they go on the same run that Vegas does? That's hard to say. That's very, very hard to predict that you could go on a run like that. You know, that's a, like I said, that's rare. So, Ed Prism was saying exactly. Can't expect all NHL teams to put Mark Stone quality players as unprotected. And uh, quick question: What sport has an expansion team? Doesn't have an expansion draft? None. Uh, yeah, I think they all do. Yeah. Yeah, I do Great believe that point. is a true question. Yeah. So there you go. But Roscoe, you right. play too much of a what a coulda shoulda man. If the Florida <laughs> Panthers should have been in the postseason in 1994, they would have been. I'm just saying. You play what could have showed it too much. And if my aunt had balls, she'd be my uncle. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? <laughs> yeah, but – You said Rick Nash should have gone back to Columbus. Florida should have done this. This guy should have done that. Arizona should have gone out and got this guy. If they should have, they would have. <laughs> and they, But they didn't. That's reality. Yeah. They didn't. Because they weren't good enough. They didn't want to make the move or – in Rick Nash's case, he wanted he wanted a chance to win, and he wasn't going to win in Columbus. Nope. And uh, Anthony's saying Ronnie Francis will run a good ship in Seattle, and I think he will. I mean, that's a good GM right there. You know, I mean, I hell, look at Carolina tells you everything you need to know. Carolina is a really good team. You know, it's just they don't always they don't always get the praise because it's Carolina. Yeah, <laughs> but anyway. They can't, they're considered a favorite to win the Stanley Cup. Well, now they, they are. Good, good praise. Well, Don't yeah, but they don't, they don't always get it, though. That's the thing. You know what I mean? They don't always get that highlight of, you know, they're a really good team. 
Uh, That's a good question. DB, do you expect Patrick Lane, TJ Oshie to be a Kraken? It's possible. I mean, Lane hasn't exactly panned out for Columbus. (laughs) Him and Torts are already not getting along. Um, I think Oshie more than Lane. I think Lane is going to take an opportunity to sign somewhere else. Yeah, that's a good possibility. For Oshie, yeah, I could see that being a possibility for Washington to offload a salary contract and maybe. They're going to need to. Yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, that isn't a bad choice, though, for the Kraken to get Oshie right out of the gate. Oshie still got really great playing. You know, he's not, it's, you know, he hasn't shown any signs of slowing down or anything like that. So, still a solid player to have on your team. Um, but, all right, then, guys. So, I think that'll do it. Uh, not much else to really talk about. Um, but as uh, we stated before, Flyers. Oh, yes, Rob, what did you want to say? I did before we got off there. I did want to offer some prayers up for my man Nolan Patrick. Took a puck to the noggin tonight, and that's the last thing he needs coming off the migraine issue. So, hope he's okay. Prayers up, my man. Absolutely. Hopefully, uh, hopefully everything's doing all right up there. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. All right then. And this DB comment definitely is a good way to end it. Lonnie and Torts deserve a sitcom or a reality show. And I agree. Uh, <laughs> reality show would be good. Put it on like HBO. That way it's uncensored. You can get that TVMA. Yes. Not to worry about any bleeping. <laughs> That'll be fun. That'll that be fun. would be. That would be absolutely tremendous. All right, guys. So we thank you all for joining us, all the regulars and the new ones as well. We thank you guys so much for uh, for commenting in. And, uh, you know, honestly, guys, we appreciate everything you do for us. You guys are the lifeblood of this of this whole thing, of A2D. Not just this show, but all the shows. We would be nothing without you guys. Don't ever forget it. And um, if you do like what you've been listening to or watching, as well as the other stuff that we have here going on at A2DRadio.com, both the new shows and the current where can they go to support us? Uh, sorry, I was reading Anthony's comment. Oh. <laughs> uh, he said, AV, AV said he spoke to uh, Patrick after the game. He said it was just a puck to the side of the head that he's okay. Okay. Which good. is awesome. 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 That's what I want to hear. Good. Um, yeah, Ted, I agree too. No more expansions. We're done. Then the debate is definitely settled. I agree. Uh, you can head over to Philly Drinkers LLC, phillydrinkers.com to get all your A2D merch. You can get all kinds of stuff. Hats, shirts, beanies, jackets, hoodies. Um, get the real a real nice Nike swoosh hoodie that they have over there. Um, blankets, socks, anything you can think of is pretty much there. That's uh, phillydrinkers.com, phillydrinkers LLC. Get all your A2D merch there. Absolutely. Got some great stuff over there. And uh, – also brought to you by, as you see down at the bottom, Body Check Wellness. They're a company that is creating products with hemp, and they have topicals, they have ointments, they have gummies, they have everything you need. And it's not just hemp as well. They do have THC-free products. You can use the A2D code to get 20% off. And when we have Riley Cote, the man who created Body Check Wellness with us, ladies and gentlemen, uh, well, not with us, but he created it. But uh, when he's on the show with us, let me make that little distinction. <laughs> when he's on the show with us, you can actually get 40% off with that A2D code for a THC-free box. It's about $140 worth of savings. And let me tell you guys, 
It's absolutely worth it. Rob knows 110%. He's taken some. It's done nothing but wonders for him. Absolutely. Focus Clarity is my favorite uh, product. Uh, keeps my ADD from running wild. <laughs> and also... It's my biggest issue. Yeah. <laughs> and we also... Yeah, that happens. Uh, happens with me with math. I can tell you that much. But uh, specialized physical therapy, Dr. Paul Vidal, great staff over there. Brian can attest to that. They took care of him. And uh, you can make an appointment at www.specializedphysicaltherapy.com and then head on over to either Cherry Hill or Burlington, New Jersey, and they'll get you taken care of and you won't have any more aches and pains. Will you, Bri? Nope, they do a great job over there. Great staff, very easy to get an appointment, very affordable, and they, they, they're just amazing over there. They do a great job. Yep. And we also have EXP Realty LLC. If you're planning on basically taking that next step and you want to find a new home or, you know, you want to just, you know, move on out, you know, make those big changes in life, right? That's always a very important step, but you want to pick the right person to do it. EXP Realty, that's the place that you want to go to. Uh, Alan Foy, uh, is the one you want to contact at ESPRealty.com, and the phone number is 302-682-8820 for that. And then uh, finally as well, um, for anyone out there who is struggling with any kind of issues or any kind of addictions as well, uh, Sunrise Detox Counseling Center, you can find them at 856-651-8117. Give them a call. Get the help you need. Get the help that one of your loved ones and one of your friends needs. Don't waste time. Get that help. And then finally, All Campus OC, they were affected by the fire that happened down in Ocean City. We're doing what we can for them. They do have a GoFundMe that we had earlier on the show. We showed the link to. Anything you guys can contribute would be absolutely uh, great for them. And uh, they do a lot for us. So hopefully we can give something back to them as well. All right, guys. We thank you all for joining us. Wild ride tonight. Carter Hart coming up big in a shootout. Flyers getting a big win on their fellow Pennsylvania team, their hated rival, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Send Crosby home. Well, he was already home, but send him back crying all the same. Hopefully the Flyers can continue the trend and get a hopefully a couple of wins together. It'd be nice to see them get two wins in a row for once. And uh, next week we'll be back and uh, we'll be talking more. We'll see if... Uh, We'll see what we come up with. Don't worry. We got plenty of stuff in the tank. And uh, if we're going to have to talk about the Flyers, we'll definitely talk about the Flyers. Uh, if we're going to talk about what's going on around the league, we'll talk about what's going on around the league. Make some predictions on the cup. Who knows? The playoff time is right around the corner, gentlemen. So it's getting to that really exciting part where, you know, every game counts. And, well, every game counts in the season already. But that playoff feeling, oh, that's a good feeling, man. Just it. That's something you want to inject into your veins, man. Nothing like it. But we'll see you guys next week right here on A2DRadio.com. Matt Sutsuti along with the Darkwing Brian Daly. And the Broken One, Rovia. Delete! <laughs> we'll see you guys next week right here on A2DRadio.com. Wear your mask even if you're vaccinated, everyone. And we'll see you guys next week right here on A2DRadio.com. Peace and love, everyone.